Hi, I'm JP, and I'm joined by pop-up podcasting producers, Will, Lisa, and Richard. Today, we're going to be discussing our origin stories. What brought you all to pop-up podcasting? And next episode, we'll talk about my origin story as the founder of PUP, as we call it. But for now, here's Will, Richard, and Lisa. You all started uh, as interns from the radio and broadcasting program at Algonquin College. And actually, we have our current intern, Emma, in the producer's chair for today's episode two. Hey, Emma. So let's get right into it. How did you all find Papa Podcasting and why did you apply for the internship? Uh, we can start with Lisa. She was our first. Oh, me first. Scary. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I actually a, a good friend of mine from the radio program, uh, who uh, you know already, Chris. Um, I don't know how well you guys knew each other. Maybe you you had just met at like some kind of marketing thing, and yeah, uh, I told him I was looking at podcasting um, as an option for internship, and he told me about you, and I contacted you, and that is what happened. Right on. Um... And uh, Richard, what about you next? Now I'm, I'm mixing up the order. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was also at, in the uh, Algonquin College radio broadcasting program. And I guess at this point you had become, I don't know, like maybe, maybe a regular for them. I guess you had done this a few times. And you were one of the companies that they said, uh, you know, JP takes, takes interns now and again. And he's taken some this year. Uh, so apply if you want. And I, I definitely did. It's, it's producing. It's right up my alley. And, um, and you didn't pick me. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a bit later. What a twist. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a twist. I love that twist. And, uh, and, and Will, what, what brought you to the internship? Yeah. So again, also in the radio broadcasting program, I had no interest in radio broadcasting though. So when JPU came in as a speaker in one of our uh, classes and I was just like, oh, a local podcasting studio, which was very much. I was sort of using the program as my way into uh, podcasting because I was like, I don't really know any other way to uh, get into the industry besides like some kind of semi-related education. And so, yeah, you came in as a speaker, uh, did a great job. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, I think, top of the list in terms of uh, where to apply when uh, internship time came around. Because I was like, I don't know, a lot of other when I was like uh, looking at podcasting, I'm like, I don't know, do I have to like move to New York or something, right? Like it seemed kind of less attainable, especially uh, this was uh, before the pandemic started, right? And sort of opened up the whole uh, remote recording, uh, which I'm sure it was happening, but not to the same scale. So yeah, I was like, this seems fantastic. And uh, yeah, luckily, uh, you selected me uh, and uh, yeah, went from there. Yeah. Don't rub it in for Richard. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lisa, you were, you were my first hire, I think, uh, as we mentioned there. Um, and you actually did, did two internships, uh, one after the other. Um, what was your other one? And, um, tell us a bit about your experience with it. That was my, I don't want to say my main one. That was like my thing that I knew absolutely when I came into the program that I wanted to do an internship with CBC uh, because I actually listened to a lot of um, CBC radio shows, more of like their evergreen kind of stuff. Um, so I had that for sure on my list of I want to be able to do an internship with them. Um, and then beside, other than that, uh, I thought similar to Will, like I listened to a lot of podcasts like um, this American life and death, sex and money and like things like that. So, um, I forget the question. What did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience like with your, you, so you did a CBC, uh, internship, yeah. uh, with their, uh, weekend morning show, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, it was, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on what it was called? Um, in Town in and town, Out. In Town and Out, yeah, uh, with Giacomo Panico. And um, yeah, so that went really well. Uh, so I I basically would do more of like um, like pre-screening for uh, guests. So I would call up the guests and chat with them about, about you know, what we were interested in talking about and kind of sort of fill in sort of a, um, interview sheet for them, uh, that would be used. And I also did like an interview as well that was submitted for the show and I would do some on location stuff as well. And what else was I doing? And a little, like a little bit of editing as well, producing a little bit. And now that you've, uh, experienced the, the world of podcasting for, for a few years now. Do you have feelings on, on that kind of traditional radio versus podcasting kind of dynamic? Is, uh, are there differences that stand out? Maybe not too much. I mean, other than like now there are not, there's not the same kind of gatekeeping that there maybe was years ago. So anyone who wants to you know, get into podcasting or produce what is kind of similar to a radio show can can do that, which is nice because lots of different people have different things to say and and uh, talent to bring. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so moving over to to Will, you're now our production manager, um, and you joined us next after Lisa, uh, and you joined us mid start of pandemic, uh, right? So, yep. so what was that like? Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange time. So yeah, the pandemic cut off my internship. I'm trying to kind of get the timeline right. Uh, yeah, so we had to shut down the studio. That's sort of a whole other story. Um, and then I think what a couple weeks later or something, JP, you gave me a call, and you know the sort of remote business had started to pick up, and um, offered me the the position, which was again like sort of a a bit of a lifesaver at the moment right because there's so much uncertainty at the time and everything like uh, just doing kind of school busy work to complete the hours for the internship and you know you're thinking about how to even go out and look for a job right now so yeah that was uh, I was very thankful for that and then yeah just started up uh, working from home trying to I mean which is a whole other thing right because luckily I had the internship to sort of get to know the company a little bit beforehand but like starting up a new job in a new industry working from home is like it can be a little unnerving, right? Because I'm like, you know, you're still explaining everything, but it's over Zoom and everything like that. So there's that little bit more of a disconnection. But yeah, no, it was great. Uh, um, yeah, sort of tucked away in my room, uh, working away on podcasts. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting time for sure. Yeah, and and I I, I remember you were a, a lifesaver there because uh, Lisa and I had been in the studio with a potential COVID yes. exposure. You. Uh, Without, without, I think, like a car or a wagon or anything, just like carried Lisa's computer <laughs> yeah. or a, a desktop computer uh, over to Lisa's yeah. house so that she could continue working. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe well, I've again, told the whole story to, there. Yeah. It speaks to sort of the strange times, right? That we were in where it was like you two were like, I don't think we can leave our homes right now. And I was like, well, I think I still can. So yeah, show up <laughs> at the mm-hmm. studio. I think I put things in a box or something maybe. And then, yeah, just like left it outside Lisa's door and like couldn't even see her, you know, had to like run away before she could open the door to get it. So, yeah, I mean, very strange, but mm-hmm. uh, it was sort mm-hmm. of everybody uh, just getting used to the, the new normal a little bit right at the time. 
Yeah. And, and like our, our producers, you guys all have, uh, company laptops at home now and, and stuff, but, uh, we, we had, we had two desktop computers at the studio and, and you brought one to Lisa. My friend Josh picked up the other one, brought it to my house. Uh, so yeah, it's the, the company's in a very different place now than it, than it was at the, in those early days. That's true. Yeah, it's Sign weird note, to think JP. of us not having like, even like home setups and stuff. Yeah. Cause it's very much what we do like every day now. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, I'm going to say JP in case it matters to you, I can hear crying in the background on your end. If okay. it matters for like people listening or for clipping stuff out, I just want to let you know. Yeah. That's the sound of me ignoring my baby crying in the background. <laughs> okay. wondering. Just uh, like we should uh, at no, least draw attention to it. No, if no. We're, like if we're going to let it go, let's just t- tell people yeah. what it is. My lovely wife, Erica, is taking care of the, the crying baby. So it's, it's, she's not being ignored. But uh, no, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah. And, and Richard, uh, you're the most uh, most recent hire. Uh, been with us for about a year now, a little over a year, maybe. Uh, you're more now. You're and a half maybe right right yeah because it'd be a year two years in march i guess mm. um wow but um yeah we we alluded to this earlier but uh you were you were not selected as an intern so you want to tell uh tell the folks uh how how you came to be an employee here yeah i had an interview and, and it went well but i know multiple people were interviewing and um there were a lot of talented people up for the position so um you ended up going with someone else, which was totally fine. I ended up with um, a former client of yours, I believe. Uh, I ended up uh, on a podcast called Beyond the Bake Sale, which was a, f- a fun experience. And um, uh, I started doing that. And maybe, I don't know how long, in maybe a month in, I think I got a, maybe a month or a half in, I got an email from you asking if I was available for some freelance work um, to do some editing. And I love freelance editing work so i said yeah absolutely uh we had a quick briefing and it was a doozy of a project <laughs> i was so, gonna say you may not have said yes if you'd known the that was uh, um, nature that was of the work <laughs> big big project uh, it probably still is the biggest project i've ever done uh for the company which is interesting yeah but yeah. uh yeah it was it, it went uh, great i didn't know coming in if all of the work was going to be that intense but I mean, I was ready either way. And you were kind of like adamant about like, this is a little bit more involved than what is usually required. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was fun and it was interesting and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think, uh, yeah. I, I kind of felt bad because I was like, you were very like gung ho to, to get going, but I was like, oh, this new guy and I'm sending him all this like, kind of like, Honestly, like we try to avoid bad audio, but a lot of it was bad audio and, and I, I should give some context there because it wasn't our fault. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we were doing a, uh, an online, uh, conference and it was bilingual. One of the reasons, um, I needed extra help with that was because Richard, uh, is bilingual, speaks French. So, um, we, uh, uh, brought him on for the this this online um conference that was happening where we had interpreters in a different studio not our studio um who were who were doing um language real-time language interpretation and then the client wanted to turn those into podcasts so we'd have um a presentation or you know few a couple hours i guess um uh with several presentations some in english some in french and then the interpreters were in real time saying uh the opposite language uh so that we'd have and then we recorded that and we'd have um all that but like the 
I don't know if it's just like real-time language interpretation seems like a really hard thing to do, but maybe also those people were stretched pretty thin because of the pandemic, but like the, the output we were getting, we were, we were, we were having technical problems, I think with the other studio where there was stuff being cut out because of like internet connection stuff. Um, and then we also had these interpreters who were like, like, like not being able to keep up and, and, you know, skipping important parts. And so when you edit together this, well, you, 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 Tell a little more about what that ended up sounding like. Well, it was crazy because I think we had we had to do a couple versions every time. So it was I think we needed just like the regular floor version and then right. everybody was speaking the language in and then the, the French version and then the English version. Right. So it was like three versions per episode. Uh, so it was like triple the edit per episode. But then at the same time, it, it's like you said, the uh, the translators were probably stretched very thin. There were if I remember correctly, there were two of them. And it's weird because it doesn't matter if uh, a man or a woman is speaking. It's just the translator. So you don't really have a context as to who's who's speaking, even if it changes voice. Like if if the host is talking and then a guest is talking, it's the same translator. So right. and and they they don't give you like an audio cue like, oh, OK, now speaker is talking. Now it's just the same person that's talking. So you're not really sure when it transitions from question to answer sometimes. And they have to go really quick because they're trying to catch up to everything. Yeah. So sometimes it's just not yeah. seamless at all. Yeah. And then they, I guess translators also have this thing where if you work, I think it's every 15 or 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, like they that. switch out. They switch out. So you'll be in the middle of an answer. You'll be in the middle of translating and then it'll switch voices. And in our case, it was a man and a woman. So it was two completely different right. voices. And it'll be in the middle of a sentence of the same speaker. And you have no idea what's going on. Even me while editing, I was like, wait, is this the same part? Like, what's happening? Yeah. And then you'll get the times where they're also – they can't tell what the original speaker is saying. So the the translator will literally just sit, translator cannot understand. Tra translator <laughs> cannot understand. Right. And then you just have to kind of edit that in and hope that the audience can understand that yeah. you know, they don't they don't hear it. So it, it was um, yeah. and like Nessie. you said, they were long. They were long yeah. episodes. They weren't like short 15 minutes. No, they were long, full hour plus conferences. So uh, it, it took a long time to do and it was kind of a headache, but uh, it got me prepared. It, it got yeah. me ready. And uh, I, I was using a new software, too. Right. So it got me very much familiar <laughs> with that software. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was, it was a challenging project to, to, yeah, to get started on. And, uh, I, I, I felt you felt for you on that. Cause I think the, the worst thing for us as producers is when the, the finished product is, is, is not great and you know, it's not great and it, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so we, we, we no longer, I, I didn't recommend it in the first place. This is just the client wanted it, but I would, I would probably refuse to do another, uh, you know, recording live translated, live translated thing again because it just yeah. it just didn't work. It's tough as far as a creating an on-demand product for later. It wasn't effective, I don't think. So we have other we have other things we recommend now for for bilingual podcasts um, that will work better. Uh, okay, so yeah, so that that was kind of your trial by fire um, getting into the uh, the company. Um, going back a little bit further for everyone, um, before we met, 
Um, what brought you to the the radio and broadcasting course at Algonquin in the first place? Why did you get interested in this in this field, and and why did you choose podcasting over uh, radio? Since the the course you took was called the radio broadcasting course, so curious about that. Um, what what led you to uh, to that field? Maybe we can start with Will. We haven't heard from him in a while. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I touched on it a little bit and sort of my uh, path to the internship and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it was um, I consumed a lot of podcasts and I had for uh, years up until that point, uh, starting with like some sports ones I listened to, like when I just like graduated high school and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Also like audiobooks and everything. So I was sort of like I had done like a, a sort of like career refocusing uh, kind of uh, um not training, but you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it kind of pointed me in one of those directions. So I was like, sure, I applied to a couple different programs. It was one that I got accepted to. And I did a little research and it, it had a pretty good reputation, the broadcasting program at Algonquin. So I thought, why not give it a give it a shot? It was, it's a you know, it's a two year program uh, as well. So it's, you know, it's relatively quick. Uh, it's, you know, less of a commitment than some other things uh, as far as post-secondary goes. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty easy choice for me. And um, yeah, I, I sort of knew going into it, that the sort of radio versus uh, podcasting split, like I said, I, I knew I wanted to end up at podcasting and the, the radio side was more of a, a means to an end, I guess, and um, okay. sort of probably reflected in my interest level in some of the different courses as well, too, right? Whereas like production and stuff, okay. I would have been much more interested in current affairs, things like that. Whereas like, you know, we had courses on just like the history of radio broadcasting. And I would say I was probably less attentive uh, in those maybe. Yeah, and and they've they've changed, uh, or they're in the process of changing the name of the course to yes. include include podcasting and and new media. I think so. Yeah, really um, cool. Uh, hearing some of the changes where they're incorporating like some photography and video work and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, things that I'm like, I very much wish that uh, um, I had uh, at the time because yeah, it would have just set us up even better for uh, um, jumping into the sort of podcasting uh, uh, media space. So yeah, it's exciting to hear that they've made some of those changes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all know that our 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 jobs go go beyond audio. We're doing, yeah. you know, social videos for clients. We're doing video podcasts, um, stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, we have to be jacks of all trades um, in, in some ways. Um, Lisa, what about you? What what brought you to the uh, the Algonquin Radio Course? Um, well, at the time I had just had been working for a while in jobs that were fine, but things that I wasn't necessarily passionate about. And I had not gone to college after high school because I had my kids young. Um, so I wanted to go back to school, uh, to kind of prove to myself that I could do it and also see about having more of a job or career that was in line with, uh, what I felt my skill sets were. Um, and growing up, I was always, uh, pretty effortlessly good at anything more kind of artistic or anything that used creativity. So I, I went through and kind of just looked to see what was available at Algonquin since um, I was I would have to stay uh, taking a program in Ottawa because my kids are here. Um, and I looked at a bunch of different things and just any time that I kind of settled on something that wasn't creative, I felt like I was giving up on life, <laughs> essentially. So I'm like, I have to do something creative, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I did a one-year meeting communications program. Um, and then that program kind of opened uh, the students in that program up to the possibilities from there, which were like television broadcast, public relations, radio broadcasting, um, that kind of stuff. And I did a 
uh, a program, um, so we did an assignment like later in that program that introduced us to the radio program, like working with a student there, just like some of us actually did when we were in that program, we kind of helped other students and I loved it. Like I like doing all, every part of it, like the voiceover stuff, choosing music, um, just the, all the creativity of it. I loved. So that's what, uh, led me into the program. Right on. Um, and kind of like, like Lisa, uh, Richard, you started in a different program, uh, at Algonquin and then, and then went into, um, radio broadcasting. Tell us about that, that path. Yeah. My road to the radio broadcasting program is a little different. Um, like Lisa, I didn't go to uh, post-secondary right after high school. Um, I've been in the music industry for over 15 years now. So I've, I've been doing that and I was doing that for a long time. Um, I had a, I had a band that is technically still together, but not, uh, that, you know, our, were, was successful and there was, we were recording with many, many people and I was doing my thing there. And then I got to a point where I wanted to go back to post-secondary. So, um, I decided to try something a little different. I went to, uh, advertising and marketing, business management, uh, communications, and I liked it. it. I spent a year there. It was, it was fun. I ended up, um, becoming a, uh, a copywriter for the school's agency, uh, during my, my, uh, second year. But, uh, I quickly realized it just wasn't for me. The industry re wasn't really for me. Uh, so I took a step back and I took like uh, a couple months off. And then a lot of people that I knew had gone through the Algonquin radio broadcasting program and they loved it and they spoke highly of it. So I decided to take a look it seemed fun. It seemed like it was right up my alley considering I love music. I love being creative. I, I love uh, producing. I love editing, all that stuff. So I was like, okay, let's let's give it a shot. And I thought it was like more than anything, it was going to open some doors for me. And when I got in, it was – everyone was right. It was a great program. It, the the ambiance from advertising and marketing to radio broadcasting is so wildly different. The um, radio broadcasting felt so much closer and like the the, the students were just kind of like friendlier with each other and uh that was nice it was a, a nice thing to step into and i didn't know like kind of i think will mentioned this I, I didn't know that podcasting was around locally like this and uh when i saw the opportunity for for pop-up uh, i was like wow this is an interesting way for me to get some production work without having to leave ottawa i love ottawa and I didn't know that was a thing. So when when Papa was like, "Yeah, you know, we we produce podcasts and we hire producers," I was like, "That's amazing!" And I, I jumped all over it as soon as I could. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, it's 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 funny in a way. I mean, we've we've all been podcast uh, fans before we you know started uh, working on podcasts. Um, but this is like this is a weird job, right? Like we don't like it. it Podcast producer didn't exist as a job. It's a cool know. job. Uh, well, mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It's a cool job. For I'm glad sure. you like it. I, I think it's pretty cool too. A little bit biased group here, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's uh, it's it's different because we're not um, we're not doing something that we could have thought about when we were like kids, right? It's not, it's not firefighter. It's not, uh, you know, uh, dentist or, or whatever. Um, so it's, it's interesting to, you know, to, to see you guys and to also know other people in the industry that it, it attracts people who, uh, yeah, who I think want to be here and have, have interesting, unique paths. So, you know, thanks for sharing uh, a bit about yours, uh, here today. Um, 
curious because it is this like unconventional career path in some ways still um, for each of you. And maybe we can start with Lisa. Why, why did you uh, uh, decide to come on board when I said, uh, Hey, I'd like to keep, uh, keep working with you after the internship. Um, yeah, you were, you were a huge part of that. Honestly, JP, you're a, a very easy person to work with and, and a great person to work for. Um, and so I found as I was learning stuff, because it was different, like what I was doing in school, we were using different software at the studio, um, and working in a small space, obviously. So like, you have to like who you're working with. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just remember like when I started working, I'm trying to remember if I started working with any clients by myself during the internship or if that came later, but yeah, I just felt like as I was learning things, you were very, you were very helpful. You explained things to me in a way that like made sense. Um, you had a lot of patience and were very kind of open to being flexible, but like, what did I want to learn? What did I want to do while I was there with my time? I had started working on my own podcast and you were helping me with that. Um, so yeah. So when you invited me to come on board, uh, I figured it would, it would be a chance of kind of doing more of the same, working with someone who I already knew that I enjoyed and felt comfortable working with. And, um, and then I started doing obviously like my own recording sessions and everything. And that kind of, that continued where, you know, if I was nervous about something or my first time working with a client by myself at the studio, you were, you, you know, you were like, it's not brain surgery. Like, obviously we want to do a good job. We want to give people a good product, but also don't like drive yourself nuts and stress out about it too much. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, th th thanks for saying those nice things. And I, I want to thank uh, Emma for putting this question in uh, <laughs> in, in my show notes here because, uh, uh, yeah, it makes me feel good uh, to hear those answers. Um, Will, no pressure to heap praise on me, but, sure. uh, you know, take it wherever you want to take it. But, uh, yep. yeah, what made you uh, decide to, to stick around and to, um, you know, carry on working with, uh, with me? Yeah, well as Lisa said, it definitely starts from the top. And, and honestly, with both of you were on at the time, and I don't, we haven't mentioned it, but Lisa was also my uh, second year mentor when we were in school uh, yes, as well. Yay. So yeah, had a pre-existing uh, relationship of her being able to show me the ropes and everything like that. So yeah, I was like... Uh, and hopefully I time. wasn't a jerk then. So No, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, no, I enjoyed working with both of you. I mean, again, it was someone offering you a job that you can do from home in the middle of a pandemic. It's, uh, it was pretty hard to say that would have been very odd for me to uh, pass that up. And I had um, turned I had quit a job during the internship because I wasn't going to be able to do both as well, too. So I kind of felt like, you know, if they're now offering me a job, the place I decided to do an internship with, I kind of had to do it. Um, not that I also didn't want to, but uh, yeah, no, it was sort of like a perfect storm of like current global climate, um, really liking uh, the work environment um, and then, yeah, like it fitting exactly kind of where I want to go uh, career-wise. Right on. Um, well, thank you uh, as well for saying nice things. Richard, last last one up. Uh, I'm just going to say so yeah. many mean things. Oh, no. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, can I just ask you why, why you didn't pick me? Well, um, I didn't like you, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I get that. 
I, I, I mean, I, I, I probably have notes from interviews and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were a strong, uh, a strong second at least because uh, I, was, I was just curious. Kept you on he the, wanted another woman on the, on the team. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That Might have been. Yeah, yeah, because it was a. a, a female uh, intern uh, at that point but i think maybe she had like more um or we at least talked about in the interview more like graphic design and and uh, social media oh, yeah. social media experience and i was yep. i was looking for that at the time um, yeah that makes sense yeah um as far as the offer i mean it was uh it was it was awesome to open the uh, get an email from you and see that you had kept me in mind and you, you were still uh interested in working with me um at this point it was as uh, as a freelancer so i was i was very interested right off the bat and um when we kind of i hadn't met will or lisa and not until i officially came on uh until after the the freelance project but when when you and i met during the freelance project you were super easygoing and you were helpful and you were kind of like really understanding that like hey this this is tough and it kind of sucks but thanks for doing it and uh you were really nice and um after I was done that project, you you pretty quickly offered me a, a spot at the company, and um, it would have been uh, weird for me not to take it because it kind of gives me everything that I wanted. I um I, I turned down a few big time radio producer gigs, but they would have had me move. You know, um, one of them was in Toronto, and one of them was in BC, and I didn't really want to move. And um, this is also a job where I get to do a, a little bit more of what I like, which is uh, editing and specifically vocal editing. That's kind of been my thing for so long that I got to keep doing that. And uh, from what I could tell, and I was right, you were a good dude. So that was awesome. And, uh, and then as soon as I met the team, Will and Lisa, I was like, Oh, this is, this is, this is great. Like, it just feels like a little, like everyone's gets along really well and it doesn't feel like stressful and I don't get like uh, anxiety coming to staff meetings or work or anything like that. So it's like, okay, great. Yeah. This, this, this makes uh, total sense for me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, nice. no brainer. Nice. We try to keep it a, a low anxiety zone, or um, yep. I just gobble up all the anxiety and shove it down <laughs> inside me. Um, <laughs> only sort of joking, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm just a I'm just a nervous type in some ways. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean. Uh, to, to, to turn the tables a little bit. You guys have all been so easy to work with. It's been, it's been such a joy and, uh, and it relieves my anxiety to know that uh, our clients and, and the work are in good hands and the studio and, and everything else. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's maybe end the, the love fest there. Uh, don't want to just bathe in this uh, warm uh, <laughs> I got to stop talking. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Pop-Up Podcasting. Stay tuned next episode to hear how the company started and what made it what it is today. Produced at Pop-Up Podcasting.